Hello, everyone, and welcome to Double O Deep Dive Pop Cultures, Pop Culture Pros, uh, home for 007, James Bond, everything uh, Bondian that there is. Uh, thank you for joining us, whether you are on uh, the Facebook stream, joining us live, listening to us on the Facebook replay, uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Spotify, on anywhere you can get this show. If you're watching it right now, I thank you. I'm your host, Jason 006 Fischetic, uh, here to bond with bond, bond over bond with some of you guys. Uh, with me as always, Ginny 005, my Hello. counterpart in this mission. How you doing today, Ginny? I'm great. I'm so good. Just got off watching this movie, so I finished it today, and I'm feeling good. Ah, excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a feel good movie. Uh, and then we have uh, 0023, the best damn quartermaster in all of Q Branch, Mr. Ed Camus. Uh, I, I never know when to use your last names or not. I don't know what you prefer, and I always keep forgetting. It's whenever you feel like so. it. It's whenever you all feel right, like it. All right. Fair enough. So, uh, Ed, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, you know, I, I just, uh, my, my wife just started our annual Harry Potter marathon, like literally, so I so it was time. To, no, I don't have anything against the movies. I just jumped upstairs and it was time to talk about Bond for a little while. But yeah. I'll get back. I'm sure it'll still be going on when I'm done. <laughs> I'm sure. Do you guys do this every? Uh, you do it every year. The the the, the Harry Potter. She, she does. I watched them sort of for the first time last year. Really, technically the second time because I crammed like I don't know six movies in one week to go with her <laughs> to see the premiere of Deathly Hollows, and I remembered oh. none of it. When I got to the movie, I'm like, I have no idea who's nobody's name. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> I was better off not watching it. But I, but having said that, last year I enjoyed them. I, the movies are cool. I, I'm, I like them. They're cool. So I, I've actually read all of those books, and uh, and I, I, I'm actually I'm I'm House Slytherin. I'm very proudly House Slytherin. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a jerk like that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, introducing a uh, friend of the show, our special guest, our resident Bond villain, or Bond villain is in residence, uh, W.M. Frenzel. Welcome to the show. Hello, it's me. <laughs> I love that you've got the. I, I love that you got the Blofeld scar. I love that you got the cat. I will. I just have one question for you, Will. Do you expect me to talk, Jason? It's a little early for me to start doing bits, so oh, let's. I see. Let's just oh, get to the analysis. All right, oh, glasses coming on. Sorry. All right, we're trying to keep it. I don't know about you guys. Uh, uh, I'm trying to keep it professional here, so <laughs> this is obviously right away. really great. Didn't mean to clear it. I needed to clear it with your manager. My apologies, uh, WM. I'm going to call you from now on when you come on the show. Um, all right, so we are here doing Skyfall tonight. But before we get into Skyfall, uh, Ed, you were not here for Quantum of Solace. I know you have a lot of thoughts about Quantum of Solace. So uh, please, give us your thoughts on Quantum of Solace. I took uh, about a 35 minute nap in the middle of it and then woke up to the end and I thought that was it was the best version that's the best time I've seen it I've seen the movie probably like five times and I think that was my most enjoyable 
viewing of Quantum like of Solace. Half the movie. It's a quarter of the movie. I know. <laughs> Actually, I didn't, I didn't remember that it was that short of a movie. It is. And it wasn't intentional or anything like that. I kind of was just tired and I just dozed off. And that was it. But I will say, though, and again, I've seen the movie like five times before that, though. Um, not much has changed. I think the action is solid in it. The action scenes are well choreographed. It is, you know, those scenes are exciting, but I knew I didn't miss much during the nap because that's usually when the movie gets boring. So I think <laughs> maybe my brain just was like, listen, we've done this before. I got your back. Just I'm going to wake you up side. when a connection is, is that you need is ready. You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> and that was it, right? So, um, yeah, it, it's not the worst Bond movie, like, ever. We'll, we'll get to those. Moonraker. Yeah, we'll get to the worst Bond <laughs> but, movies when we get to the Roger Moore era. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I hate the Roger Moore era, so you don't have to worry about it. I'll, I'll there's much, I would rather watch Quantum probably than some of those. Uh, oh, for but sure. Quantum is nothing to rave about, but I did get enough rest and I was energized, and then I watched Skyfall, like, right after that. <laughs> So nice. thank you, Quantum of Solace. Thank you. <laughs> you need it. And this, Ginny, this goes to what you were saying before we started the show, why we need Quantum of Solace uh, in between Casino Royale and Skyfall. It helps the it helps the universe. It's just a little, it's a little, it's a nice step in step in stone to your beautiful Skyfall. You we need it. It's important. <laughs> it's essential. Essential view. It is. It's essential. Look, this isn't the James Bond movie you want, but it's the James Bond movie you need. Yes, Quantum yes. Of Solace. And America's not ready to have that conversation, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now we leave Mission Quantum of Solace behind us. We get into Mission Skyfall. Uh, before we get into this mission, though, we like to know the people we deep dive with. Uh, so, Will, tell us, what's your history with the Bond franchise, your favorite Bond movie, your favorite Bond actor, and uh, any other Bond-related stuff that, that you want to care to talk about? Sure. Uh, so I came of age during the Pierce Brosnan masterpieces. Uh, so uh, that Pierce Brosnan was my first Bond. The first Bond movie I remember watching is uh, The World Is Not Enough. So like GoldenEye came out just before I was like seeing movies, really. Um, and then the world, uh, the world is not enough. Is is the first one um, that I really remember seeing. Um, followed by, of course, um, everyone's favorite, "Die Another Day," as beautiful as that was. But um, I'll save all my thoughts uh, on that one for another time. Um, then, um, so I'm going to say Skyfall is probably actually my favorite James Bond movie. Wow! Uh, if not Skyfall, Casino Royale, and Daniel Craig is uh, Daniel Craig is hands down my favorite uh, James Bond. I'm actually gonna hot take. Uh, I think people think Sean Connery is the best Bond because Sean Connery was the first Bond, uh, and I think you you put them together and Daniel Craig is the best Bond. He's got he's got like the the smoothness for Bond with the like the tim bit of the Timothy Dalton edge. Uh, um, and then I also liked the Bond video games. That was another thing. Except I'm one of those weird people who hasn't really played Goldeneye because again, I just uh, just uh, no, wasn't I? Wasn't my cousins played? I played occasionally when I went went over there, but I didn't really see them. Uh, I was really into uh, Nightfire, underrated game. I'm pretty sure that's the title. But it's been a while since I've played it, and I didn't bother to double check. But I'm pretty sure the game I loved was Nightfire. 
<laughs> All right. Did you know that? I don't know if you you listened to that first episode, but the way Ginny and her uh, her siblings like solved disputes growing up was through Goldeneye. That's a very valid way to solve disputes. An uh, easy, so, easy solution. By all means, that's that's I, perfect. Will I, I think at some point you and I need to play Goldeneye for for supremacy? Because supremacy of what I don't know, but we're always sniping at each other. I don't other. know. You're gonna kick my butt at it. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I chose very it. Fair. All right, you can have that. I'll have you in whippy, uh, witty repartee, and that's about it. We'll, we'll be even. Well, I mean, on, on a good day, Will. On a good day. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, thank you very much, Will. Uh, and yeah, so we got two Daniel Craig uh, aficionados here because Ed's also a big Craig fan. Uh, and let us get into. I already stuff. like Ed more than you. It wasn't going to take much, but that uh, that wow. already seals it. You liked wow. Ed more than me the second you saw him because you like everyone more than me. Yes, this is I true. Asked, I like Ed as soon as I heard his name. His name's not Jason? Perfect. <laughs> Look, truth be told, it. I only asked you on this podcast because I really wanted your brother to come on for Die Another Day, and it was the only way he would do it. So uh, That's you know, fair. So we're I understand here. that. <laughs> That's All fair. Right, I respect the game. <laughs> let's stop sniping and get into the movie. So, cold open, right? We got Bond is... Uh, hunting down this list of uh, a, a list of agents who are is it NATO agents who are like around the yes. world? Uh, yeah, undercover. Yeah, yes. undercover. Uh, and he he has a moment like in the beginning where there's a conscious uh, crisis of conscience where he sees another uh, agent Ronson dying, mm-hmm. and he calls in M and M's like, yeah, I don't I don't care. Get mm-hmm. go get that list. And then we have some. Uh, some really cool stunts, right? Like Bond's on a motorcycle. And I think my favorite part of this whole thing is when Bond wants to get onto the moving train to like catch the guy who's got the list. He doesn't jump on that train. He rams his motorcycle. I, so he flips off to the train. I gasped. I gasped because it was so sudden and very like real. It wasn't like totally like a, he like thinks about it. It's almost like an accident. Look, it kind of looks like, and it's yeah. like, I was like alarmed. I was like, Oh, and then it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I like to think that people love that bike flip in Quantum of Solace so much that they were like, we got to put another bike flip in the movie. That's what people want. (laughs) You put another bike flip in, this is a license to print money. Let's do it. (laughs) We got Bert. Uh, They'll be too bloody late. (laughs) Great line. That's a great line. (laughs) Thank you, Bert. So then he gets on the train, and there's a whole scene of uh, him fighting this guy on the train. There's a great, great scene where they're hitting the uh, the the, art, the the tunnel, and they're both fighting, and they both try to just drop, and then they're still trying to fight. Uh, and then, of course, it and oh, there's uh, an awesome moment where Bond literally uses like an excavator or a digger or whatever the hell that's called. Yeah. Actually, I'm I'm lying. I know it's an excavator because my son watches the show Blippy, and he has an excavator song. <laughs> So that's always going in my head. But he uses um, the the excavator to rip open part of the train to get in at some point. (laughs) He cuts it open like a can opener. It's pretty pretty wild wild opening sequence. It is. It's also excellent. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Me too. Uh, And then, of course, it culminates with him fighting with the guy on the top of the train and this other agent who we'll we'll talk about who she is later uh, is lining up a sniper shot. And she's like, I don't get a clean shot. And M's like, I don't care. Take it. 
And she does. And she hits James Bond right in the chest. And he just falls into the water. I also then, forgot that happened. And I guess. And then, <laughs> and then also has like immediate shock because she has the moment where she looks over at the bad guy as he's getting away um, as, as he's about to go to the tunnel and clearly has the time to turn her head and make eye contact and watch him all the way into the tunnel. But it's for some reason uh, too frozen to turn the gun and shoot. It's the only problem in the whole sequence. That's a great point. That's fair. Well, I mean, I, I could say though, she was probably kind of stunned though that she thinks she just killed Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. If I thought <laughs> I just killed, like, and they were like workers, yeah, yeah. So it's like if I just shot my coworker, I, I, I well, depending on the coworker, she knew no, it was I'm a kidding. big shot. She knew, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but then it goes also, right into the whole opening. And you it know, goes into the concept. opening, and and, and uh, Bert points out he had to Bert's, fix the cufflinks first. Bert's a genius, and you should get him on this show. When is Bert <laughs> going to be on this show? Uh, you can Bart, call him in right now. We can just do it. Me, Ed, Vin, uh, I mean, Jimmy, Bert. It'll be perfect. I mean, Will, if you want me to bump you for Bert, that's fine. He's going to be on for No Time to Die as long as the Ooh. schedule. Uh, but, I mean, if you'd rather him on two shows than you, well, that's fine. We can get rid of you. No, anyway. I, already, I spent a lot of work on this makeup. So <laughs> yes, did. Makeup and chalkboard wall. I'm staying. Oops. And then, uh, <laughs> Boss Man, thank you for joining us as always. What up, Rachi? Uh, and then let's see, just a couple other things. Uh, Bert says the subtleness in Skyfall is so well done, which is true. I, I that's part of what I like about the, this opening in particular is the uh, the, the subtleness, right? Like, and even going back to what we were talking about of the him ramming that bike out, it kind of looks like an accident. There are so many good choices in this yeah. this opening Less that. We, lest we forget the subtleness of the excavator, I thought that was really <laughs> so uh, nuanced. Hey, look, the thing is to excavate. He excavates his way into the train. It's subtle, all right? Let it be. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, thoughts on this cold open? Like, uh, we obviously all like it, but what do we want to – anything we need to add? Uh, Ed, you said the least so far, so uh, you have anything to add for the cold open? No, I just thought it was really exciting. I mean, I think – I love the way it was done. It was action-packed. It kept you – on the edge of your seat. I mean, obviously, you know Bond isn't dead because then I could kill the main character right before the damn title starts rolling, and he's James <laughs> Bond at, at this point. So, um, yeah, I just think it's. I think this whole movie, and especially this whole opening, is beautifully shot. Like it, it's, and especially one thing that I guess I didn't mention in the Quantum thing is I felt like Quantum, the um, I, the director's name isn't isn't coming to me right now, but he used a shaky cam like to no end in that film, and it was a nice return. So I'd go back away from that. Sam Mendes, that's not his thing at all. And it was it was just it, it could have been handled in like because at the time when these movies came out, shaky cam was like a big thing. Every action movie was like shaky, shaky, shaky. Yeah. And we're gonna make you feel like you're in there. But this movie goes completely away from that mm-hmm. and sets a tone for what we have, you know, for the rest of the film. And I think it does a great job with that. I agree. Absolutely. Go ahead, we'll I, take it. I, I that was also my first immediate thought was. Wow, I love looking at this movie so much more than Quantum of Solace. And I'm going to make, I think you can make the argument that Skyfall is the best looking Bond movie, hands, yeah, hands down. down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing is thinking about Quantum of Solace is cold open. Uh, this succeeds in everywhere 
that Quantum of Solace failed. I thought Tom did a great job um, yeah. on that one, talking about how the cold open there is very confusing. You don't know who the bad guys are. You don't know. You, it's hard to follow the action here. The story is clear. The stakes are immediate. You know them. You know who is on what team. You know what the objective is. You can follow the set pieces. You're not distracted. Um, and there's no heavy-handed – there's a twist at the end, but the twist is genuinely shocking and you care about it. Yeah. And it also sets up the rest of the movie mm -hmm. really nicely yeah. without like being too, too reliant on it. Like the one character sets up what's going on. Um, and I just, the, it's a perfect story. It's a perfect, succinct story in and of itself. And I think that's the most important part of a Bond cold open with um, bonus points for then taking that and like, here's the sequel to that story we just mm -hmm. told. Mm -hmm. And that actually goes to what Bert says, is the opening for Skyfall is one of the best in the series, and it brings you up to speed where Bond is along with MI6. And I think, you know, that goes to what you were saying, Will. It's like this does. It gives you a complete story that then leads into the rest of the film. Jenny, uh, not far star, by the way. No, totally agree with, especially with, and just following my notes, because I had seen this movie for the first time a year ago. And of wow. course, like my husband had seen it and he was like, you know, raving about it. And I was like, oh, this, this movie's perfect. It's gorgeous, et cetera. But then me re just taking my notes down again and being like, yep. And this is this plot point. But then I forgetting just the, it, like Will said, the story within a story, how this is this. And it just, and there's so much that just little um, tease up for the rest of the film. And you need this and we need this just to, just to get the initiative on um, M and Bond's relationship. Uh, and the, and just sort of, and it, it's very important because it, it just, I don't know, it, it'll tie us with our villain, <laughs> event, yeah. you know, in the rest mm -hmm. of the movie too. So yeah, it's great. It, it's really, and again, I was, I, I twice I gasped because I, I forgot she shot him. <laughs> but yeah. it's real. And I was like, yeah, this is how the movie goes. This is, this is what happens. That's one of three things I remembered about this movie. Bond gets shot. Bond spends his retirement drinking and having sex. And then I'll, we'll get to the third thing when we get to it, because I don't want to jump ahead too far. Um, but yeah, but I agree with you, Ginny. I don't think the villain works as much, or I don't think this movie works as much without this cold open, because it sets up, you know, it sets up who, what M is going on, like who M is, and her relationship to Bond, and her relationship to her agents. And when we get to the villain, it, like, without this cold open, I don't think the power of this this villain really hits. So I agree with you that it really is all, all tied poetic. Together. It's very poetic. Yeah, it's um, perfect. Yeah, awesome. So, all right, so we hated this. Let's move on. Yes. <laughs> this is one of those movies that I knew we were just going to come on and show love for. I knew it. Gosh. Don't yeah. worry. I do, have, I do have a couple of bad things to say about it. When no, we get to those points, I will tell you exactly what I dislike about this movie. I have a perplexing question. I, Okay. But I'm waiting. I'm curious All to right. see. No, no, no. We're we'll, getting to we'll it. We we'll like get to it. We get to it. So then we get um, we get the the credits, right? We get Skyfall, the, the song. So before we go into the credits, what do we what do we think about Skyfall, the song? Uh, she Jenny, won an what, Oscar. She won Fantastic. an Oscar for it. Adele. I mean, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, how dare I? I don't. I, how, it's a perfect. She's it's a perfect. She's she's such a she's British. She's a, a bra brassy belter. Yes. What do what you what do you yeah. what do you it's want? Perfect. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I would. 
No, go and, ahead, Jason. Let's... No, 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 please go ahead, Will. You are no, 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 it's your show. No, oh, after you. Uh, all right, I'm gonna jump I'm in just... then. It's all the right notes. How about that? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, go ahead. Take it away. No, that was it. I already jumped in. That's it. You guys can resume now. Right, fair enough. Um, but I am actually gonna say that this is, uh, it, like Vernon says, it's a top tier Bond theme. It's. I think it's actually one. It's in my top five personal favorite. And the other three are Shirley Bassey, and and I bring her up because I think like Adele is the closest thing we get to Shirley Bassey making these these songs. I absolutely agree. I think that's, and I think that goes so well with a lot of what the Daniel Craig James Bond movies, especially Casino Royale and Skyfall, um, the two that I both saw and liked. Uh, I think they do a really nice job of. This is a very new, very different James Bond, but then here's, a, especially Skyfall, here's a bunch of callbacks to the classics, mm-hmm. and Adele is the perfect part of it. And I, uh, as loath as I am to do this, I agree with you, Jason. It is also, it is also one of my top five, maybe even top three uh, James Bond theme songs. Uh, I... I would put it below Diamonds Are Forever, above Goldfinger, honestly, which I think is controversial. Wow, yeah, that's um, a hot take. Just above Goldfinger. If only because every time I sing Goldfinger, I can't help going, Max Power. <laughs> <laughs> like I slip into that, and it sort of takes it down. I'm actually going to say my number one, actually, hot take, Thunderball. I'm just saying Thunderball. Wow. Yeah. I Tom Tom Jones That's literally does an impossible stuff with that note at the end, like that jump and his ability to sustain it. Um, but I have very strong opinions that what makes a good bond, like a great bond theme. Not a good bond theme. There are other good ones. I uh, upon it being mentioned, I re-listened to the world is not enough uh theme when it came up, and I was like yeah, that's a very good one. Yeah. I like the Casino Royale one. Um, oh, yeah. But but I think that the best ones have a bit of brassiness to them and, like, are anthems, hmm. you know. And hmm. So maybe even controversial, Live and Let Die, I think great, great song, not a great Bond theme. Hmm. I'm just saying it. But again, there's yeah, more could, on that one later. I could get to that. And... Uh... Chimes in License to Kill by Gladys Knight is also great. And I think uh, it goes into it. It's so like a good. grassy, like, you know, anthem as well. Yeah, I love that one. Right. Plus Madonna, Die Another Day. Everybody loved that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, the opening credits, um, which so Bond, Bond is drowning. Bond is different incarnations of Bond is being shot in the same place he was shot. Which uh, I think I thought that was super cool. Like you see the the cutout targets, and then he's he's in the water, and then uh, then there's the Chinese dragons, and I realized this. And then of course there's women. There's always women and women in the water. He's walking in the sand a bit, which reminded me a bit of Quantum of Solace. But then he then he like turns around and he shoots a bunch of his own shadows, which I thought was cool. And I realized he's shooting, his, he was shooting himself in, in Quantum of Solace. Yeah. <laughs> Even even James Bond is like uh, not one of my best missions. So. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I actually dug 
the song for Quantum of Solace. I actually thought that was kind of See, cool. the, I feel like people I don't like too. that. You know? I, I know. I mean, just, I love that you guys are saying that, but that's funny. I, I know can't I remember a thing about it. Well, just put it this way. I was going in and I was trying to not hate watch it. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I knew we would talk about a theme. So I was like, okay, I kind of like this more than yeah. what else is going on. And I know what's coming. So all right, <laughs> enough of Quantum of Solace. Yeah, all right. Um, I actually think that this opening is Bond's fever dream while he's like dying <laughs> in the river. I mean, like some jump I'm laughing, but I really do think I, that's what it is. You know what's a cool no, shot okay. in that sequence? I, oh, I was gonna say I just oh, want to throw no, it no, in okay, there. No, oh, please, just, I mean again, things everything foreshadows towards the end, but I in watching making in my notes, thank God I'm writing notes down, but being going, oh, you know what's cool? The knives and the guns going into the ground and coming up as graves. And just later, because I was like, knives. Oh, man, knives are not Bond weapons, really. And then later in oh, the yeah. end, it yeah. is. And it's very key. Like, it's, you know, they, it's all old school, as it were. But I was like, and it, that's very clear in the beginning. It's a cool image. Jenny, I'm so glad you did your homework. And now I feel bad that I, <laughs> I meant to take notes. I was like, I have to at least have a cheat sheet. Uh, I've got the Wikipedia page, basically, to look up and make sure I don't forget anybody's names. Uh, and then my big thing for my note for myself was, it's it's tomorrow never, it's, it's the world is not enough, not tomorrow never dies. It's the world is not enough, not tomorrow never dies. In all dies. fairness. Because I always jump those titles. A lot of my uh, notes are a lot of, this scene is hot, this scene is hot. Uh, this is cinema, this is beautiful, this shot is cinema. Like, so those are my notes. They're right? all exactly correct, so well done. You really, like Jason said, subtle. The whole movie, subtle, and you really picked up on that. I, I think my favorite note, which we'll get to later, it's just one word with an exclamation mark. Kincaid! Exclamation mark. Yes! I have a Kincaid note, my notes are. I have to be careful. I'm going to be agreeing with Jason too much in breaking character. This is terrible. Yeah, I, I know. This is um, terrible, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, I, but, uh, I just am going to echo everybody else's thoughts because I talk too much about everything else and say, yeah, everybody's dead on. This it's an excellent intro. Beautiful to watch, beautiful to listen to. Ed, any thoughts? Um, what, regarding the opening theme? Uh, sorry, I was reading yeah, the, the opening, comments the op over here that Bert is uh, yeah. he's firing away over here. Um, he is. No, I think the opening sequence, uh, like Jenny said, like the foreshadowing throughout the opening sequence is, is pretty awesome. And I didn't remember some of that, you know, from the last time that I had seen Skyfall. So I, I actually... Just connected that part a little bit better, though. But I, th I think the adult theme is really cool. I really enjoyed that. And, um, yeah, it was a pretty good opening scene. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. So let's let's get into, before we get into the plot, because I think the uh, I always like to save the plot before we get into the villain. Uh, let's talk about James Bond himself. Um so, Will, you could start us off because I think I've, I've, I'm trying to, I'm trying to rotate the teacher in me. I'm like, I've called on Eddie, I've called on Ginny, <laughs> have I called on Will? I have to pretend call, call. that Will isn't my least favorite student here. Uh, <laughs> um, you, so, you should just get popsicle sticks with our names on them, and then you just pull one out every time. Who's go. going next? <laughs> you so never show you... us that the secret is you never show the names, so they could just be empty popsicle sticks, and you're just making it up as you go along anyway. Which is, oh, yeah, I do. just didn't happen to draw your name. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what so, do you think about James Bond? The like overall, the, the characterization of James Bond in this movie. Uh, overall, as Ginny's notes will probably say, excellent. Um, and then I, I'm going to say the reason that Daniel Craig, 
is my favorite Bond and why I think he is far and away better than everybody else is he's the Bond you actually care about. Like beyond just superficially, he's so cool. I want to do the things he can do. Look at look at how suave he is. Like the, Daniel Craig's Bond is consistently a Bond that's not afraid to be like vulnerable and gruff, but then also super cool when when the need arises. And I think the super that coolness means more when he's gotten his butt kicked quite a bit and like is rugged and gruff and then when he cleans up nice it means it means a lot more yeah i, I, well, I was yeah no, good. i just like that he said he when he cleans it means more when he cleans up or like it just hits harder <laughs> when he cleans up and it looks nice <laughs> Well, yeah, I think we talked about it in the Casino Royale uh, episode, though, uh, and it's probably going to be a theme throughout the Daniel Craig series. That that's the this is the only this is the most fleshed out Bond we've ever mm-hmm. gotten by far, and you know a lot of it's due to Craig, and a lot of it's due to the writing and the approach that they took to make him like a real character this time, instead of you know, I, I don't want to shit on the other Bonds because I I enjoy them all to different levels except of Roger Moore, but um, yeah, <laughs> we, we just I I just yeah I don't know. <laughs> I just, um, yeah, I, I, I just think he's the most flushed out one. And then, like, like you said, Craig does a lot of it. The writing is a lot of it. And it's more of a humanized approach. And you, you said it, you made a great point, though, Well, is that it's when he, you know, cleans up now and he's we're waiting for all for Bond to get into the tux at some point. You're like, all right, he just cleaned up, cleaned all this blood off of him. He's finished kicking some guy's ass. And now it's like, all right, he's going to go ahead and get suave now. Um one thing with Bond that is perplexing in this is how is he alive? <laughs> After the opening scene? Because not just us. Like, every, uh, the people in the movie are pretty, no, pretty you know, it, well like, off to say that he's dead. Like, he's really dead. And I watched that obituary. fall. Yeah, he's, I no, watched he's that really fall for the, second, for the second time. Like, I had forgotten how obviously dead he should have been. And then, like, I'm watching this scene, and when he falls, and they really make a point of showing the height he's falling from, uh-huh. and and the way he lands, yeah. they show him landing notably with his neck bent yes. forward <laughs> yeah. and tucked. And I went, "Oh, that should have killed him. That kills people. That should have been the sound. Should have been like in Les Mis." When Russell Crowe Javert jumps off and you hear that real satisfying smack oh, and you know he's moment. dead, what that's what moment. should have played. Yeah, right it should have hit him cement. It should be like yes. from that height. What? No, no, Bird's right. 100% <laughs> right. Right. The it's, plot is the reason. It's, it's the plot armor that he's wearing that <laughs> yes. is the perfect yeah. airbag. MI6 given plot arm. Bond survives a lot of random crazy yeah. shit throughout these movies and that's fine. But the fact that you like took the time to humanize him so much in his in this series and that you went to the extent of showing him like it yeah. said the way that he's like dead dead and the characters are all believing that he's yeah. actually like dead <laughs> dead. But it's like nah I'm just on a beach drinking and my next note is Bond <laughs> drinking himself to death. This is where we pretty oh. much found him. 
Because they even make references to that. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's just going to drink himself to death. Where the scorpion get him, right? Yes, by the way, scorpions don't get him either. That scene where he's doing shots with the scorpion on his head. (laughs) That's, look, honestly, alcoholic, like, I don't give a fuck bond. Like, MI6 burned me. Everyone thinks I'm dead. I'm just going to drink and get it on here. Yeah. uh, Like, I don't remember where he is. Uh, Where is he in in this? I I I didn't think of that. I said, like, South America, but I'm sure sure I'm wrong. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, it's. I don't think it's specifically mentioned. Okay, so I, don't think it is. I don't think I it's specifically like mentioned. It's one of those places where you say it and then you immediately feel racist because no matter what, <laughs> you're just you're just picking. Well, and we're certainly not Europe, or maybe no, you know. no, no. But uh, but I that like this this scene with this like kind of mini thing with Bond where he's drunk and and what I love about this Bond is he does get drunk. This is the second time oh, we yeah. see him sloppy and slurring, and mm-hmm. but him do him doing the the shot with the scorpion, and then he has you know he's having random sex. So I was watching this with my wife Regina, who you know again doesn't like movies like this, right? It's not her thing. But she thinks Dan Craig's hot, so she watched about the first 20, 30 minutes with me. And she watched this, and she went, well, what else are you going to do when you're not bonding? That that was her comment about this, and I was like, you know what? Good point. What else are you going to do when you're not bonding? You're just, you know, bonding. <laughs> yeah, you're bonding. With these demons. You've got all these demons. <laughs> and he's not shaving, which we know is a big deal. Yes. Yeah, no. That's how well, you know he's going through a rough time. That's true. When when Not men don't shave, is bad. <laughs> I actually love that. Like from the neck down, he's hot, and from the neck up, he looks like shit. Like he looks like shambling garbage from the neck up. But from the neck down, he's like an Adonis. <laughs> neck up, he's like unshaven. He looks like he's had his nose broken multiple. Like he's he is. His face is not the face of a conventionally handsome man. No, no. and they and they go out of their way to make him look even more disheveled in this in the beginning. Anyway, like mm-hmm. he's, when he's got the beard and like, yeah, he's, he's you know very sallow. Mm-hmm. Yes, like yes. when he gets that cold shave, suddenly uh, everything is. Mm-hmm. We needed the we needed the stubble for the shave. Exactly, he's he's completely hot up. again, and then he's hot. <laughs> Any other any other thoughts on James Bond the character before we uh, move on? I, I just love that he again. There's something so se- like you said sensitive about him too, though, where he just like with the one agent in the be- beginning, and he's like, "I'm gonna lose him," and he like twice he does. He's like, "I can't go to just doesn't want to leave him." He's re- I feel he's so reluctant to leave him, and I'm like, "That's so oh baby." So and such a thing I feel very exclusive to yeah Daniel Craig James Bond yeah. Yeah. This like vulnerability mm-hmm. that he yeah. had, yeah. That like he was, re- but also fitting with his like uh, edginess mm-hmm. of like his no 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 I do what I want because I know what's right yeah and I'm going to do I'm gonna I'm gonna put what's right over like the mission or what's like one of the good things about Quantum of Solace was when he was like, no, 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 I don't care about the politics. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm going after this guy because it's right. Also vengeance, but also right. It's hubris a little bit, but it's like in a good, yes. in a good way. Well, another thing I wanted to point out about Bond, I guess, before, I mean, besides the fact that we learn more about his childhood and the home and everything else later on, 
is that there's no mention at all of Vespa in this film. No. Yeah, that's true. Not one second, which I didn't even remember that that was a thing. Like that was almost like totally omitted from this. And then every other one of his uh, his movies, there is at least one or two mentions of Vespa, and there's none of that here. And there's no Felix Leiter either. Yeah, I was gonna say Felix. no lighter at all. Yeah, um, and, and actually, he's so heavy in all the other ones. And actually, I think uh, it the thing about Vesper not being mentioned uh, that was one not I'm not gonna say incongruity because like Quantum of Solace wasn't written. Like we we know this, right? It was filmed yeah. during the writer's strike. There was so I'm not gonna like ding a movie that didn't have writers for not being well written, right? But like the, when this movie picks up and we see him have that moment of like, oh no, that guy Ronson is gonna die. I don't wanna, you know, I don't leave leave him. Like not the James Bond we had in Quantum of Solace, where he's just like, shh, shh, let this happen, let <laughs> this happen. We're just murdering people indiscriminately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think that does a nice job of actually implying how much he's grown since mm. Quantum of Solace. Because I think Closer. Quantum wraps, yeah. wraps that up, you know. Another great reason to love he Quantum. can move on. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> Closer. <laughs> Closer for everyone. And I, I will say, so when I first watched this movie, I hadn't, I saw it in theaters without having seen Quantum of Solace. And I still felt like, Oh yeah, this movie builds off of Casino Royale real nicely, uh, because I think the big tie-in here is the story with James Bond and M through three movies, and I think that throwing in Vespa at all and making us think about that would would take away from that narrative, and so I think it was a good move to not worry about Vespa to not throw Felix into this one mm. because it still feels like, again, here's it ties to Casino Royale, but now we're introducing new things for moving on, you know, later on. Here's Q now. We've built to it. You know, if you put Q in this story and then those other things, I think it, I think it overloads the film. No, I mean, I bring those up, though, not as a ding towards it, simply because looking forward, we know that, the Vespa stuff is not wrapped up. If you see No Time to Die, it gets mentioned in that. And I don't remember if she gets mentioned in, in Spectre or not. She does. She does. They right? have Spectre. to. Okay. No, and, and again, it's not a knock. I under, no. no, I fully agree with you that yeah. this story serves better than it. And plus, it's not about that. But yeah. usually in all in, in four of the five movies, there's at least some mention. That's a good point. Of her I, I just at some point. And I don't care. Again. It didn't bother me. I just didn't realize it. I didn't recall it not being mentioned at all. Because again, now that we know where this whole story ends up, this is the one where they were kind of like, all right, let's shove that shit to the shot side and move mm -hmm. forward with it. And again, with lighter also. Um, it's a very British movie though with Felix in it. Because Felix is so, not so American, but he is like our American liaison. Mm -hmm. He always yeah. finds a way. It's such a British, British like part, like parliament. And oh man, you know. Felix is Fun inevitable. Fun fact: Felix is inevitable, like Thanos. That's it, <laughs> Fun fact: about Felix Leiter in the books. So, in the books, after *Live and Let Die*, which is the second book, he is horribly maimed by a shark, and he comes back in *Diamonds and Forever*. But he's got like, like he's lost a leg, and he's got a hook for a hand, and he no longer works for the CIA. So, I just. 
A fun fact, throwing it out there since we're talking about Felix Leiter. Felix meets a shark in the movies. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's a call. Yeah, it's well, a callback to yeah. that. I didn't yeah. realize it was a callback to the book. That's like I'm like learning. I love learning things about. <laughs> Frank, what's up? Thanks for joining us. Glad to have you on our Double O Deep Dive tonight. <clears throat> All right, so uh, I think if we're done with Bond, I think, and, I, and normally this is not a category, but it has to be in this one. We need to talk about M and her trajectory because I think. This movie is every much M's movie as it is Bond's movie. It might actually be more M's movie mm -hmm. because it's her swan song. It's her goodbye. So, like, what do we think about M and her, like, the end of Judy Dench's role? Which, as a reminder, this start her she started in Goldeneye as a completely mm -hmm. different version of this character. So, how do we feel about like this ending for her and her role in this movie? I thought it was nice that she got to be the Bond girl in yeah. essentially. <laughs> in, in this, I thought it was I thought it was very fitting, and like I was like I was saying before, I, I think it's a really nice arc. And Quantum of Solace for I mean, it's gonna we're gonna make it sound like it's a good movie. Accidentally, <laughs> it's, it's um, not a bad movie. I'm just saying, <laughs> look, it's like the age of it's like the age of Ultron of the of the James Bond movies. <laughs> It's not a good movie on its own, but it's like it's a it's a good movie in the universe that legitimately helps make the universe stronger. Um, uh, but I, I yeah, I think that we see her arc so clearly, and it's it's an it's a very nice send off. It's a fitting send off. It feels earned. She gets a great character arc in this um and yet i wasn't totally seeing it kind of like i didn't see her dying at the end of this necessarily like it so it it it, it seemed like there was a real possibility but it it, it, didn't, seem, do it. it didn't see for god for god and you know until ray fine started shooting and he was clearly a good guy <laughs> i will say this I don't know if this is jumping back to the plot, but like, That's fine. I I really thought that uh, good old Ralph Finney's was going to be revealed <laughs> to be a bad guy in this movie for the longest time. I really was like, he was going to be a secondary bad guy, and then I was pleasantly surprised to be wrong. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny. Uh, when I first saw this movie, I kind of thought the same thing up until Ray Fiennes takes the bullet for M mm -hmm. in like the middle of the movie. And then I was like, okay. And then they, after that, they, they, they take great pains to make, you know, this is a cool guy. We like this guy. Like he has that moment with a uh, Q when he finds, and we'll talk about the new Q, but he finds Q like doing something to help bond and M at the end. And he's like, all right, well, keep going. And they're like, well, what if the prime minister finds out? And he's like, well, well, they were all screwed. Like, yeah. all right, keep doing what you're doing. So, as yeah, I are. agree with you. <laughs> yeah, as you are. Ginny, <laughs> um, what, what are your thoughts about M and her, her like, arc and trajectory? I loved it. And I had a weird question. And I don't know if this is applies to all the M's in the series, but it definitely made me want to talk about her when she was to Bond, when he's, like, when he breaks into her house again, her apartment, and is like, so I, like, you know, I'm back. I'm to duty. And... And they, you know, he kind of confronts her about like his death, his fake death and everything. And she was like, you know, I did it. You know why I did it. This is what we do. The no hard feelings uh, or, you know, trying. And 
and I thought to myself, is she, was she in Bond's position? She was, is that the history of M was, was he a field agent? Were they a field agent? You know, I, the, I would um, say, I would or, say so. And, and this is why I would say so, because Bond respects M Judy Dench a lot. Right. And yeah. when, when Mallory first comes, Ray finds his character he makes a thing like, yeah, this guy's never been in the field. Like he, he kind of is condescending. Yeah. So I yeah. think for Bond to have the respect and adoration he has for M, she must have been a field agent at some point. Uh, okay, cool. Because I was, because I, I talked to my husband about that, and he's like, I don't think that's necessary, or he's like, I don't think they need to to be. But I was like, and especially her, hearing her like talk from experience, almost to be like, you know, I've done this. Like, or, you she, know, she also specifically mentions that she was never a good shot. Yeah. Which also implies that she had weapons training and yeah. had to to use it at some point. And, you know, it, it implies that she she was an agent before she was like M. Yeah, and I was like, that like, give me that movie, give me like a little, you know, oh. the seventies or you know, espionage. If Sony held on I, to this franchise long enough, we probably would have had it. We probably would have. Yeah, we have a spinoff of M. Sure. <laughs> Why <laughs> which, not? Look. look I was thinking when I was watching this movie because my favorite M moment in this movie is at the end where she's making the the bombs out of the gunpowder, right? Yeah. And I was like, can you please give me the the prequel to M where it's like M home alone in like the sixties <laughs> or whatever she was a kid and people like people are trying to break in her house and she's like just leaving traps. As I, I wasn't the only one who thought about Home Alone and when he gets his oh, 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 yeah, absolutely. Oh, no. I was, I was, no. I was oh, like, yeah, it, it's really fitting because I had literally just watched Home Alone 2 <laughs> last night. <laughs> so it was really fresh in my head while I was re-watching Skyfall today. And I was like, oh, man, they literally just go full-on adult <laughs> Home Alone. Home Alone at the end of that movie, at the end of this movie, when she's like, she's making, and it's awesome. Like, it's cool to watch it's her, great. like, make the explosions but it's like whenever just, you I just, I, in my head I'm just in the that's I think I picture her going like you know come and get me like what, what's the what's the Kevin McAllister <laughs> line <laughs> <laughs> come, come and get me you know but it's like Judy Dench <laughs> yeah um I think the saddest part about her dying at the end is that we never get the spin-off movie of uh, her and Kincaid uh, and a resolution to all that sexual tension that that was just oozing. I was like, I've never been so into two old people and wanting them to get together in such a short amount of time. Okay. Well, Shippers you got to sign off. You guys got to go sign off and write fanfic about Kincaid and M getting together. I'm sure it's there. I'll find it. Keys, keys, dude. Keys. So uh, any other thoughts about M before before I, I, I have one more thing, but I want to let someone else talk. Well, I love the callback of him breaking into her apartment again. Yeah. Like, yes. like, in, like in Casino Royale. That's great. Yeah. It's like it's like yeah. such a Batman thing. It is. Yeah, like, it is a Batman. Like thing. Batman showing up, Commissioner Gordon turns around like what? Um, I, what was I going to say? That was such a great point that it thoroughly distracted me from what I was going to say. Oh, so I also love how deeply flawed she is, and how the movie shows the flaws, and like can get you to be like, 
oh, I really think I maybe dislike her, um, especially when Sylvia's like talking about like, oh, this is what she did to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then she has that line where she's like, he was on his own. I traded him to get to save six other lives. I'd do it again with anybody. Like, that's the reason. And you know what? You know? Speaking of the that she that she's like screws up or that she she's very flawed, is that I always love in movies when you have one F word and you have to use it and it has to be like if it's used strategically, it's great writing and it's mm -hmm. great and it works because you always need to throw an yeah. F bomb in there. But she gets it and I was like, and it's just I really I really effed up, didn't I? And it was just yeah. and it's like very it's just so cause she's so great and it's like and it's just the perfect I, moment of her. I was so unexpected, like not expecting that word to come out of Judy Tench's mouth that I literally had to go back ten seconds to hear her say. She's a national treasure. That's why it was so perfect. That's why because when you have a, when you have one f bomb and you have Judy Dench in your movie, you give it to her. Mm -hmm. That's what made cats. We all know it. Oh, the one in Cats. <laughs> yeah. the one in you guys haven't seen we it. All, we all definitely saw Cats and remember I... Judy Dench's F-bomb. I'm going to be honest. I either didn't see Cats or I did what I do about movies that I really hate. I convinced myself it doesn't exist. So I don't remember anything about that movie if I've seen Both it. Both options are acceptable. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, here, here, All right, so here are my things with M. I think... The, the character of, not M itself, having nothing to do with M, but with the name, this is my only like nitpick with the movie, is the fact that we find out that uh, in Casino Royale, her name begins with M, because he has that, that line like, I thought M was just a title. And then by the end of this movie, Mallory, Ray Fiennes become, becomes M. And my question is, do you really have to have the first initial M to get this fucking job? Yes, that's number one on the, on the internet. <laughs> yeah. They don't even they throw your resume out immediately if it's not. There was a guy named... Like, well, my name is Al. No, fuck that. Right. No. no, you can't be A. You've got to be M. Can't you yeah. be Mal? Yeah. Nope, you're Mal now. <laughs> um, so that yeah. was one thing I just wanted to point out. Go ahead, Will. No, and I, I, I would have... I don't know if I needed this, but it would have been nice to then, when she dies, get a little tombstone shot. What's her actual name? Mm. Like, you know, pay. You made that a point in Casino Royale, and she's been M since Goldeneye. It feels like that would be a nice Easter egg payoff thing, you know. Mm. But well, because, yeah, no, because Mallory is just M again and like there's no mystery right. about it now anyway so and that's the thing it seems to confirm that you have to have that name which i so it's like you know might as well right. just give it to us we know it's him starts with them um and either him or mark and mark. <laughs> yes you know, mark or mallory mark mallory tends to call out sick on mondays a lot <laughs> i think he's got a drinking problem <laughs> yeah so does james bond uh, any, anything about M Ed before we move on? Uh, no, I think you guys kind of just nailed every part of it. I, I you know, outside of they just they do a nice job of furthering the relationship between Bond mm -hmm. and M that was started in Casino Royale, yeah. and now they're kind of just like at odds. So, and in the beginning of the film, and obviously Bond's pissed at her, and I guess or, you know, kind of leave her hanging, and then it is kind of sweet where they how they leave off because they genuinely care about each other. Yeah. And he, he goes out of his way 
gets the you know gets her in the Austin Martin everything and they drive off and it's kind of like all right, I need to really protect her mm-hmm. they actually care and this guy is silver is nuts yeah so and it's I, nice I, I, to I, have that story it's nice to have MB a real character agreed fleshed yeah. out instead of just being you know uh, Charlie in Charlie's Angels but you get to see her yeah you know. Agreed. And like, you know, jump, we'll jump to the end real quick because we're doing M's thing. Like when she dies in Bond's arms, that hit me emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so the fact that that's why I say this movie is every much M's movie is Bond's because like they flesh her out in a way, even in the, the former crate Bond's that she is not fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of uh, M and Silva, who was mentioned, uh, Silva is the villain, right? And the villain's plot. Anyway, I, I keep going over. Does anyone want to t- talk about what the what Silva's plot is? Anyone want to sort of sum up what his what he wants and what he's doing here? Revenge wants to blot out names. Yeah, yeah. he wants, wants to, to really fuck M. over him. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Anyway, like, any way, shape possible. It's so funny how like delusional he is. Like this is all fate. This is just like brought me to you, and it's like all of the little terrorists. To, to, I, you know, all the, all the little bits of terrorism along the way are just. This dude plans a lot. That whole thing he yeah. planned out with the subway and all of that. Was yes, right like, down to knowing exactly within seconds when the Bond was going to be exactly in that spot. Is this one of your problems with the movie? This is that I oh God, I love that moment too. It's I such a cool moment. shot. It's it's great. If you think about that moment for more than two seconds, <laughs> it kind of falls apart logically. Um, the rest of it works, but that particular moment is like, mm, okay. He's he's my favorite Bond villain of the Daniel Craig era. Oh, probably he's great. He's, he's for sure. Yeah. Mike, he, Mike. he has his own. He has his. He has the look of a Bond villain. Mm-hmm. The dude has his own island, which oh yeah, you should have. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you're going to be a Bond villain, if you own your own island, you are probably a Bond villain. He's mm-hmm. actually he's, he's actually scary and actually has multiple people who can do things. Yeah. Like yeah. he is like he is multiple armed people that he can throw in his cannon fodder. It's great. Mm. Yes. And he's got the deformity, which that's a big Daniel Craig like Bond thing, right? That like they gave Le Schiff, uh the crying blood, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the hell from Quantum of Solace was just he, a no- normal. He had, he had nothing, but he looked like he a frog. Had... He looked like he a. Did. He, 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 it was just his own face. It was his face. That was it. That it was, was it. He was just, you know. But so like so, uh, the the one henchman <laughs> in that movie had a. Had a bad hair. Piece. A bad hair so that is a too he, he was the true Bond villain. That was his deformity, a bad hair yeah. piece. He just should have accepted he was bald That's and gotten really... over with it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so like Silva's whole thing is, and this is like he's a terrorist. For, he's a former MI6 agent who mm-hmm. turns terrorist who is targeting M and MI6 specifically for revenge um, because what happened, as we discussed before, he was burned. M burns him to save six other people. And she mentions, and I do want to discuss this uh, in a bit, but she mentions that he went on his own and started hacking the Chinese. And so he was caught and we cut him loose. Uh, And my question is, do you think she's telling the truth there that he really went on his own? Or do you think that's just a way to her to go? Yeah, that's, that's why we cut him loose because he did something he shouldn't have done. Or do you think he was working on MI6's orders and she cut him loose anyway? 
I don't know. At one point, he's bragging about doing his own missions and picking his own yeah. missions and shit. So. Okay. He was bragging. I yeah, I, I don't think she has a reason to lie in that moment. Yeah. Like, to, to bond about it. Um, it didn't feel like... It didn't feel like a lie. Because it... it I'm just thinking story-wise that for her to be lying in that moment is it makes it too muddled and confusing. If we go with that as a look to try to make it a deeper and analysis, I think it, it, it muddles the story a bit. He's like a parallel to bond too. Right. And that he is, he, he, you know, he, he, or it's like, yeah, he could be what bond would be if, if bond is the, on paper a reckless bond you know if bond wasn't as beautiful sensitive caring person that he is like you'd be a silva you'd be a crazy egomaniac well in his mind because he does say that at one point like well she was you know i was her favorite back then because he said something like he was children and so it's like 80s and 90s here's the thing with bond it's the same sort of deal right she she begrudgingly lets him go out on his own but when he gets into trouble she doesn't save him. She, yeah. she in Quantum of Solace, she would have been more than willing, in a heartbeat, to if the Americans got him, let the Americans do whatever they want with him. She would defend him at home, uh, be, less because I think she's defending Bond, and more because she's defending MI6 and its actions. Um, but I think she would have let same thing would have let. Would have let would have traded Bond if Bond had gone into China on his own. Um, also, just a, a, another small thing I forgot. It it's she mentioned specifically. It's like six lives and a peaceful transition. It's yes. the that the trade happens in like the nineties because it's when it's. I think she's referencing Hong the, Kong yeah. trading the, over, and so essentially what she's saying is, I saved six agents and I averted a war that could have happened. And I have a question about Silva. When he did the arson, uh, the cyanide capsule, did that trigger hit extra craziness? Not, not that like it did. It drive him more insane. The fact that you could I, feel your insides burning and everything. I think so. I, I think. Yeah. I read it as that's that's how it went down because he he makes a point to take his like you know upper yeah. face off and show the and he's like he looks like um, Gollum actually from yeah. Lord of the Rings. Uh, and he talks, as you said, about his insides burning, and and the, and he, I think, even says like it's at that point he realized that she had betrayed him, not like she was doing right. this to him, and that could, and I, yeah, He's and I think face. that was was it. Like he, because I don't think had he been the Silva we saw to like in this movie, I don't think he would have taken the cyanide capsule. I think the cyanide capsule is what you do for queen and country, okay. but it's because that didn't work. I think that made him sort of make that next step yeah yeah they'd rather die than he's like almost yeah I, I thought it was like, it was like there's no line that says that it just i feel like there was indication that he was like mm -hmm. and now i'm yeah. like uh it's like crazy now yeah I, I agree i think it's implied for sure though yeah um and, and like my thought on my thought on silva because jenny you had brought this up before he's like a parallel of bond i think this is it's even more than a parallel he's the shadow bond like if you if you're familiar with like um joseph campbell and the shadow self and and the hero right like he is james bond except much like batman and the joker they they get they mm -hmm. have that one bad day and silva goes one way and bond goes the other because bond has the same experience that silva does bond is shot on m's order 
and falls to his death, but not really because of plot armor. Uh, but he didn't know he had plot armor at the time. Um, and and he comes back to do what's right for queen and country. And Silva comes back to destroy the system. So I think like th- that's why Silva, in my opinion, is the best James Bond villain in the Craig run because they're they're like connected. They're the same two sides of the same coin. And I, I, again, I think that's like a real nice depth of story that you don't always see. Uh, and and makes for a stronger villain in any sort of movie whenever you have that sort of mirroring or that sort of like connection. And they have really great scenes together, uh, which I think is another important thing. I think that's another reason Silver is like a better villain than the, than, you know, the two earlier ones in the Craig movie um, because they have more scenes together for longer where they play off each other where like and like more than just in like in casino royale there's a bunch of poker scenes and so he technically is with lashif a bunch but it's not in the same dynamic of i'm talking you're talking we're getting to know each other we're making power plays verbally instead of just and in, and physically instead of just in this poker game and then at the end you know, actually, my biggest my biggest like ding on Silva is that he's not in this movie more. That's what I was gonna say. He's only in like I feel like I was just like he's like not in that much of the movie. I, I didn't time it, but it really did feel like he doesn't actually show up until like halfway through. No, I yeah, did time sure. it, and it's about halfway through. Yeah, yeah. But so but random. like when he shows up and he's got Bond like captured and he gives the speed the monologue which I gotta start teaching this monologue when I get my drama class back about like how you catch rats. rats oh so good oh, yeah and That's and awesome. the whole comparison of like you know what do you do you drown them no you just let them kill each other and then what do you do with those mm-hmm. last two rats well you release them because they don't have a taste for your coconut. fruit anymore they have a coconut they have a taste for rats and it was like. Wow, what a beautifully written monologue for a villain. Very good John Logan writing. This is John Logan at his best. Here's here's what I'm happy about. I finally have a point in which I can disagree with Jason. Um, While I think Silva is excellent, and I would kind of love him to be in the movie more, admittedly, I think his absence in the first half of the film makes him a more effective villain. Because you don't see, it's like the horror, you know, it's like the monster is scariest when you don't see him. You're just seeing, here's the effects, here's the effects, here's the effects. And then when he shows up, he amps it up even more. And it means even more. And it's like, here's even more results. You thought you got him, but you didn't get him. And and I think, I, I think that setup of just who blew up MI6? Who's got this connection? Who's doing all these things? Like, I think that makes him an even more effective villain. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a good point. I don't think you're disagreeing with me, though. I think we are agreeing. In no, the I'm disagreeing with you. In the sense that uh, I'm taking because I'm not going to let you have this will because you want it. Uh, in the sense that already, um, you they leave us wanting more. So they do their job well, but we're supposed to want more. So we want more of Silva. But to your point, the reason we want more more is because he's so good at what he has. And if he had more, mm-hmm. we wouldn't want it. So we're, we're in agreement here, Will. That's good. I'm glad we're in agreement. 
Ginny Red, any other thoughts about uh, Silva? I and we're not. I'm, I'm saving the, the the end action sequence and the end of the movie until we do action. I want to do that close to the end. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I'm talking outside of the end because I think that the last 20 minutes of this movie is the conversation in and of itself. We can't talk about his Riddler style and Batman Forever grenade throwing. We can't. Yeah, when we get when we get there, when we get there. No one wants to talk about them flirting or like. Oh, I was. You were gonna say it. I was actually. It was on a tip of my tongue. Go ahead. Go for it. Yeah, it's. I wrote. It's hot. It's a hot scene. Oh, it's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Expound on that, please. It's it's great, and it was never. It was such a big deal when it first came out because everyone's like, "Oh, Bond's indicating that he might have been with men," and it's like, "Yeah, (laughs) why not?" Like, but then also, and also, um. It's just like what because he's also trying to use it to like lever to, to to intimidate him. I I may I'm sure that's what the yeah. intention is. Um, but yeah, it's like it's just a great intimate. They have great chemistry, and it's it's a good that's like you know, and also great directing. Um, I just love it. It's so it's like and it's Ginny. I have an important question. Mm-hmm. Uh, better intense man on man sexual. Uh, tension scene, uh, the interrogation scene in Skyfall between Silver and Bond, or Satan and Constantine and Constantine. This, Go. Uh, <sighs> uh, <laughs> no, it's Satan and Constantine. That's a great Satan, Constantine. everyone in Constantine. They are. Constantine is with everyone. Is ever too close to everyone in that movie? <laughs> Everyone's about to kiss. And no one kisses. Constantine, a movie, a movie for our, some other show. I cannot that wait till we get to Constantine on Granny's PhD because I am a staunch defender of that movie. You're I will you're welcome. You're welcome no for words. all the teasers that I keep <laughs> that I keep throwing in there for you. Check it out on our other podcast on, on the other, yeah that other show. <clears throat> we have a podcast just for Constantine. Really, it's all Constantine all the time. Oh, just the movie, about Constantine. only the one Keanu Actually, Reeves movie. Not we, we anything well, else. all right. We talk about a lot of Constantine, but not that the Keanu Reeves it's one. Not yet, Keanu Reeves. But we'll get there. Um, we will I like get that. There. I like that scene a lot. I was just gonna the the. It's. I think it's kind of like a big. I think it is one of the great scenes of this movie, and it's just like a little moment. And he's so. This is the same. You know, this is Javier Bardem who was in Old Country for No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. and he's such a different villain in this movie. It's mm-hmm. so great. It's it is so, great. You know. It's great. I can't wait for his villainous turn as Ricky Ricardo. You know what he will be. Lucy, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> but all right so uh so we got silva we, we talked through silva before we get to the uh the end of the movie uh i want to talk we actually got some q branch to discuss we actually oh, yes. have our first official q in this movie our first official q branch and the first the first gadgets we get are a gun signature <laughs> gun and a radio, radio, and we also get. Were you expecting an exploding pen? We don't really do that anymore. <laughs> so they acknowledge he acknowledges that it did happen before, just not now. It, it did, just not. We don't do that now. I That's love the, the, whole, the whole scene that they have sitting oh, next to each other. Brilliant the whole scene. conversation is an incredible introduction to this to this cue. It's it's a fantastic introduction to the character. It's a fantastic interplay between them. Like 
by the end of it, you can feel the respect that they've gained for each other in that conversation. Like these two might be friends. I love it. Um, <laughs> and I thought, I thought also did a really nice job thematically, like tying into like the themes of the movie, like old ways, new ways, yeah. how this works. Yeah. And, and that theme being sort of the theme, the meta theme of Skyfall and the Daniel Craig movies overall, um, specifically Casino Royale and, and Skyfall, that is so clear. It's less clear in Quantum of Solace. Wait. I'm taking the chance to take a shot at that movie. Finally. When Ben, when ben Wilshaw is like looking at the painting and he's like, that's so, it's kind of sad, isn't it? The, 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 it's a great warship being taken away for scraps of metal. Right. Oh, yeah. Such a great is it, is it, you know, is that like it's so relevant great. to the yeah. And that's the thing. And I, I actually uh I messaged Ed and Ginny while I was watching this last night, like, wow, the theme of this movie is like age and its role in the workplace. Because it really is. Like M they're trying to push M out of retirement. They think James Bond is too old, Q is really young. There's all these like illusions and metaphors. Uh, and and I the really other actually... agent whose name we haven't gotten to is a little less yes. experienced, yeah. right? Uh -huh. Right, no. exactly. Is this really also... right for you? And she's also the future, right? Because she's working mm -hmm. with Mallory, yeah. and Mallory yeah. becomes the M at the end. Um, so yeah, I, I actually I love when a James Bond movie like actually explores meaty themes like that. Well, Anne was also getting pushed out because they also felt she really fucked up and. Uh, they were like, that's enough. They took, yeah. they took the chance. They yeah. took that chance to be like, okay, yeah. now we You really to... screwed the pooch, man. It's time, it's time <laughs> that's, that's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right. So uh, I think that leaves us to the end, unless anyone else has anything about Hugh Branch. We could talk about the last 20 minutes. Because we talked about the Bond girl, right? The Bond girl in this is M. We that's Yeah, and she's a big, big Thing to talk about for me in this. All right, there's a, little, we'll there's a little Bond girl. There's a there's a there's a there's a very pretty Bond girl. So yes, the yeah. one whose name we don't learn. I said for quite a while. Yes, <laughs> she's actually. Yeah. Well, can we can we talk a little bit about is, her without mentioning I, her name so that we can get to that ending yeah. and shit on it a bit? But uh, <laughs> I the other Bond ahead, girl. Are we talking about the same Bond girl with the Komodo dragon scene? Yeah. Yeah. No. The, that's the, the one that kills him. They all, yeah, right. right? No, uh, yeah. But I, I, I don't think we're on the same page, right? Now. I think Jimmy no, 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 and I are on the same page of the Bond girl who, the where, French girl, the really no, the French girl. girl. Yes, yeah. no, yeah. I'm sorry. We're talking about, sorry, the it's the other agent is. Oh, also I was talking about the French girl. Adjacent. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was just talking so, about because because she was a small French. Yeah, you know, we're the, never going to talk to her about her. So I just wanted to throw her in there. <laughs> oh yeah. no, the she's French the girl. one I have more to say about. Oh, do you? Oh, sincerely. So let's talk about the French girl. Right. Uh, double and then, checking and then, name. Yeah, Severine, which Severine, I might have yeah. mispronounced. Severine. Um, yeah, this is the biggest problem I have with this movie um, because it's and in general, it's a James Bond trope that I'm sick and tired of. And I, it's like, oh, Bond sleeps, sleeps with the, the woman and then that woman is dead. And like just dead, and I, it's like it's in Casino Royale twice. It's in, it's in Quantum of it's in Quantum of Solace. It's in it's like sorry, the James Bond, uh, the Pierce Brosnan James Bond movies 
are, you know, not perfect movies. But, uh, man, I miss the trope where uh, James Bond sleeps with the secondary Bond girl and then she turns out to be the villain. I miss well, that. Savrine almost <laughs> is like that. She's almost, like, supposed to be a villainess. She, like, she's, she's, like... Anti-hero by the by, yeah. you know, but she also doesn't do anything because she was like her let him on the boat anyway sort of deal. Like it doesn't mean anything. She's taking him to where she was going anyway. She doesn't make any sort of bold choice, and then they get arrested, and then she gets killed. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm tired of just fridging female character after fridging female character in these movies. It's the worst part of the whole movie to me. Uh, Cause she's pretty cool in the, in the casino scene. She, actually, she has a really great interplay she uh, does, with Bob. She she's really cool. And she has a very cool backstory about like, um, right. Like she was sold into sex slavery and she's yeah, being, yeah. And, and so I think like yeah. when you take, when you, I, but, I agree with but you. Even, but when even you take, then it's another trope of, Here's the it's going into quantum of solace, right? Here's the woman, and her backstory is how her life was uh, fucked up so terribly. You know, yeah, the, that's a good point. But like, I'm agreeing with you in the sense that when you when you give someone when you give a Bond girl, and I always like to put that in quotes because I think it's you know I don't like that term, but it is the term. Mm -hmm. um, when you give them a backstory that heavy, it's to just murder them it's like yeah i don't i don't love that either maybe that was why i was glossing over the bond girls because i didn't really like the treatment of that of severin and i, I actually don't see i don't see the other agent as a bond girl she i kind of just see her as another character in the movie uh especially because of who who she becomes but yeah i mm -hmm. agree with you will i i don't really love the trope of sleep with them kill them sleep with them kill them i it's not a, not a good yeah. look it's it's an off it's an awful trip. It really is. It, it needs to it's, not and it's be mostly in the Bond. It's it's mostly in the Daniel Craig series. It's like in every uh, Daniel. I haven't seen the last one yet, but it's in. It, it also right. goes back to Connery, like Connery, yeah, like half the women Connery sleeps with guys. Yeah, but is it also? Is it also? It might even be in the Roger Moore too. And it's also, but it's also they also talk about and because it's not just the women who die. There are men who die too because it, you get you're in your alliances with Bond, and you're, yeah, you're if, if you're alliance with him you're going to die. Like death follows him everywhere, which is sometimes they're women. <laughs> a lot of the time. They're, one of them ends up getting poured, poured gold on her. Yeah. But, it's, but it's, 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 it's worse when it's it, the alliances also have sex with him and then die. Like it's a horror movie and ah, you lost your virginity and now the serial killer pops out of the trees. It's like, that's such a problematic thing for me. Like, I, I hate it. Um, yeah. That's that's uh, that's that's uh, get off my uh, yeah. soapbox now yeah. for that one. But, uh, Drop that soapbox. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, it, I mean, it, 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 didn't upset, it didn't upset. Me. It didn't upset me. I guess as as much because I guess going into it, it was a bomb film, and when I first saw Skyfall, I was kind of expecting it. So whatever. Um, but the, I mean, or can we just name the other person? Then that, that's yeah. I, that's I think. Let's, let's, I mean, let's, we're dancing around it too much. Sure. If you watch this. You've probably seen the movie. Spoiler alert. I mean, yes. when did this come out? 2012? Yeah, we've, been, <laughs> we've been spoiling everything else and we've yeah, ran I mean, a bit of not saying this whole thing is for. No, uh, I In love fairness, the fact I that wanted they to gave... dance around that. <laughs> no, I love Sorry, the fact that they gave, uh, they gave Manny Penny like her whole 
you know, her whole story in the field and everything like that, and a reason of why she's behind the desk now, as opposed to just being, hey, that's the secretary. I, that's I like, actually like cool a lot of it. Yeah, I love a lot of it. I love her whole thing, her introduction, the fact that she killed Bond and, you know, later on, well, killed Bond. But later on, we find, you know, there's the whole shaving scene, which is like, we're going to get real close, but not quite. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. Yes. And uh, because, yeah, there's a lot of that in the old movies where they always flirt a lot, and that's it. And this might have been like the most they've ever flirted. But she has power. She's the power over him where she has like, oh, you know, the knife in her hand again. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, it's great. It's a great scene. And again, <laughs> tension in so many ways. Yeah. Although exactly. I love that she's like, she gets on her knees to do it. Like, so it's like, it's it's this weird power play, right? Like she yeah. has power, but there's also this like sexual sort of language that's being used, even though they're not having yeah. sex. So yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And then um, when we find out at the end, you know, who she is and everything like that, and she announces herself, I'm like, fucking awesome, cool. Like it's all being set up, you know, for more of the classic Bond now. He's kind of like transitioning to it. Like the first two and a half movies were like, James Bond begins, and now yeah. it's kind of like going into it. James Bond begins. <laughs> two, and a, two, two and a half movies, because yeah. you saw the half of that movie. I love it. <laughs> um, I, I, I love. I love that. That's he's like. I love that. That's who she is. I love the whole story. I, I absolutely think they fumble the actual reveal so badly like the actual lines and the way they awkwardly shoehorn the name in is just terrible where he's like by the way we've never been formally introduced and it's like you were just partners on a mission to like in the opening she yeah, shot you you've talked point. together multiple times you she came as like your handle she was your handler on that mission you had the very intimate shaving scene you she's like your your regular coffee house barista and you just walk in and you never know your name you never exchange names and then you just that's that's it it's like i don't believe that for a second like i would have almost liked it better if he was walking by her desk and she had a nameplate if i had seen the nameplate i would have lost my shit i would have been like oh that's great but like that line was so hokey. It was like, oh, you should go by your middle name, Robin. Yeah. Like, so it was that level of bad. That level of bad. I, I can't I can't disagree with that. I I actually like. No, you uh, wait. No, I'm supposed to disagree with you. Yes, you should agree with me. I'm correct. Um, well, I wouldn't go that I wouldn't far, go as far as I, the I, I wouldn't go as far as the Robin name because that was like the worst. <laughs> yeah. No, actually the solo the solo naming was even worse than both of them. I, I think at least. What was the solo, solo naming again? Oh yeah, when he's like, Oh, I'm a... what do you say? Something like um I don't have a family or something like that, or like a last name and he's like <laughs> Oh uh, great, you're yeah, solo, well, aren't you? Oh you're you're alone? Oh, okay, yeah. His name is Solo. Yeah, that was there. Well, if he said if it was someone else, he would have become called double. Yeah. Or no, your like your duo, your trio, your quartet. Yes, <laughs> quartet. I'm, I'm that would have sounded like a <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> like the goofiest <laughs> name reveal I think I've ever I can recall. Yeah, all right. At least right I agree. Now. All right. Uh, anything else before we get to the last twenty minutes and closing thoughts? 
Um, yes, I we haven't really talked about my favorite action sequence, um, which is not even a very long action sequence, and yet it kind of it like it's the Shanghai the whole Shanghai sequence. Uh, I think is the most beautiful, super oh, cool with, looking part of the movie. With the neon lights outside. Yeah, and like the blue yeah. light and everything. Uh, at, like watching that whole scene, like that was some stunning direction. Um, I that agree. then I I enjoyed I enjoyed Macau quite a bit. Like to look at just the shots going through this whole movie. Like when he's on the boat and the lights, and, and he's going into the dragon mouth, and uh, it's like even when he flips. In the opening sequence, when he flips into the into the train and he button in his his uh, cufflinks, like those shots are just so good, uh, like so so I good. Agree. It's a beautifully and shot movie. One Absolutely. one knock on the beauty of it, small knock, is the Macau scene and the Komodo dragons. Um, I don't. I don't remember them looking as CGI when I saw it in theaters, as opposed to when I watched it today on in HD on my TV and just went, Oh, this is a shame. That's the one thing where those Komodo dragons are clearly CGI. And I kind of wish they weren't in here. Like that pulled me out in that moment. But... I screamed the first time I saw those Komodo dragons. <laughs> is that alarming to anyone else? Um, I, I actually you know, I saw them when I was watching it last night. I was like, "Wow, oh, that's interesting." There are Komodo dragons down there. All right then. <laughs> like, I, I didn't know how to respond, to be honest. <laughs> All right, so I think that lead that brings us to the last twenty minutes. Uh, last twenty minutes of the episode. The episode. <laughs> we got we got twenty more minutes. No, last twenty minutes of the movie. Welcome to Scotland. Yes. <laughs> so great the end line. Of this movie. It is a great line. The end of this movie sees James Bond trading, like, M is in trouble. Uh, Silva has escaped. He planned the escape. Everything was planned. He masterminded everything from the beginning. Bond grabs M. They give the company car in for the good old Aston Martin. They go to Scotland on the moors where Bond's ancestral home is. You find out he's an orphan. You find out that M says, his great line, orphans are the best recruits. You know, because they got no family, no one to care about them. Um, you meet Kincaid. Yes, Kincaid. we finally meet Alfred. I mean, Kincaid. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And what I love about Kincaid and M is this is Bond's mother and father. Like mm -hmm. not really, not, not really, but like symbolically, right? He looks at M as his mother, and he looks at Kincaid as his dad. Kincaid is like the old groundskeeper who's been there since Bond was a boy. And Bond like hunkers down the ancestral home, and he gets ready to to fight off Silva and his men, uh, or in his army. I don't want to. Say, I don't know if they're all men. That's very sexist of me. His army. Um, and then you find out very important. There's like uh, tunnels underneath, which I thought was set up very nicely. Uh, M does her home alone thing. Kincaid gets his like his rifle or his shotgun, whatever that is. And Bond, like every Bond, pretty much sneaks to the Aston Martin and shoots everyone's legs out with the Aston Martin machine gun. That's great. And I think that's it. Like that is an awesome like beginning to this scene, right? It's great. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it's a lot of gunplay, like you know, 
Bond is killing them with the, the Aston Martin guns and Kincaid shooting them. And then they get in and Judy Dench is home alone the whole place. And then at some point, Judy Dench and Kincaid escape through the tunnels, which Bond then does a super, like, super badass thing where he pretty much gets these propane tanks and puts a fuse on them and lights them while Silva, as Will had said, is like Riddler bombing into there. But I got to tell you, though, I think as much as I hate that in Batman Forever, I love that scene in here because. Oh, Silva yeah. No, is- it plays so much better. He's Sil- Silva is Bond's shadow, and Silva knows if I go in there, he's going to kill me. Because if I was in there and he went in after me, I'd have home advantage. I'm going to kill. I would kill him. I'm just going to shoot this thing up with my helicopter because he comes in the helicopter, and mm-hmm. then spend like 15 minutes just throwing bombs in there. Something's going to kill him. It's like a it's it's one of the most logical strategies that a Bond villain has has ever ha- actually had. It's like. I don't need to show up and get fancy. I got nope. bombs, man. I came prepared for this. It might as well have been dynamite where he's just lighting it and throwing it. It literally could have been that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Bond then blows the whole place up. He gets after the escape tunnels. The And I love this scene. The explosion of the house takes the helicopter down, makes it crash into the house and destroy it more. And then all that's left is Silva and like one or two of his guys and then Silva sees M escaping because they're out of the tunnel and he starts chasing them. And then Bond comes out. There's this cool thing where he shoots at Bond's feet and like has this whole like scene where he's like, relax, come on, take a breath. What are you doing? Which is super chilling because it's like, mm-hmm. you're going to kill him. Where, where is this going? <laughs> and then Bond like, you know, shoots the circle and goes into the ice. And so like, what did we think of these la- this last action scene? Like what, what are some good good and bad points of it? It's beautiful. Bad. I just like, like oh, again, gorgeously. Roger Deakins is amazing because every time I'm like, that's a. I want to be like, oh, commenting on the action. I'm also like, just like everything is shot beautifully. Like you could just freeze frame it, and it's like a port picture. But uh, yeah, it's scary. I get, I get scared. I get alarmed when Silva gets to the chapel right where where oh, she yeah. is, and he's just like, I don't know, like gone mentally, and then and and it, you know. Albert Finney comes out and he just shoots him. He's like, no, no, we're just like, I'm just focusing on her. And, and it's, yeah. And it's just like, you know, he's scary. He's yeah. When he, when he puts the gun in her hand, right. And he puts, he's, he puts it to her head and he puts his head next to it. And he goes, you're the only one who can end this. That obsession. Trigger. Obsession is scary. I agree. You know, and the, I love the fact that he's like, no, I'm going to die. He's the first Bond villain to go, no, I'm not surviving this. That's not the point. The point is I take you with me. Yeah, he says something along the lines of like ending it for both of us or, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't remember what the line is exactly. Um, I I really like the whole like fight between Bond and one of the rent- nameless henchmen that they go under the ice. And it's like pitch black. And I love the yes. fact that the entire yeah, I, I don't know why. I, I've never seen things like that in, in, in movies where people are fighting in like dark and they're trapped under ice. I don't know if it's like a weird claustrophobic. Like I'm actually very concerned about both of them <laughs> at some points. Yeah. I'm like, man, that's really gonna suck yeah. to be in there because it's freezing. They're under the ice. You can potentially not get out of there. There's a whole bunch of different ways to die. How the hell are they seeing each other under there? Because it's probably pitch black. A lot of questions. But I, I love the fact that the entire final battle after the explosion 
the only light around is the immense fire mm. from the house that lights everything that we see for the rest of, yeah. or at least for that portion, that scene. Um, is I think just a really cool and excellent, excellent choice there. Yeah. 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 I, no, I, for sure. I just everybody said so many great points. Uh, it's it's a really excellent ending sequence. Uh, even just you know, a lot of movies fall apart when you suddenly add a new character right, right, right at the end, and they're like, "You're supposed to care about it," but damn, Albert Fenney's just real good, man. He's like, he's just right there, like, "Yes, I'm all about this dude. I I care about him immediately. This yep. is great." Um, well, he's got two great lines when he goes, uh, when Bond is like, he's like, "Yeah, all right, you shoot that. Remember the pull I taught you?" And he misses, and he goes. What do you do for a living again? That's the first great line Kincaid has. Second is when Bond goes, are you ready? He goes, hi, son, I was ready before you were born. You were born. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, it was so, so good. Um, and I just, I just wanted to say, like, it's going with that theme, right? Uh, meta theme of the Daniel Craig movies are such heavy wink nods to the the movies that have come before it like i kind of like the fact that not only does he drive the classic aston martin with the ejector seat button and the machine guns and oh. you like here's everything like they literally go to scotland <laughs> they <Yeah>. literally <laughs> yeah. his ancestral home literally take it back to scotland like yeah. come on that's 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 simultaneously really on the nose, but also perfect. <laughs> also, they mentioned the ejector seat between him yes. and M, where he goes yeah. and goes for the button, and she's like, "Well, go ahead, yeah. whatever, eject me then." Yeah. I love that. that. Great, I right? can. It's yeah. a great moment. <laughs> all right. So, anything about the ending? Uh, so, all right. So, so real quick, let me just we'll just wrap the ending up. Uh, Bond shows up as Silva's about to make M kill them both. Uh, he throws the knife in the back, which goes back to the beginning, like Ginny pointed out. Um, he and, and I do love that they're kind of brothers, right? Because they are kind of like brothers in MI6, or the same person, and he literally kills them by stabbing him in the back. I thought symbolically that's kind of cool. It's uh, a more intimate way to do it. He's yes, absolutely. I'm sorry, Ginny, go ahead. Oh, no, he's like backstabbed again. I don't mm. know if, it's, if he felt like backstabbed. Betrayed the first time with M in general, and he just gets it right. Bond. Exactly, and, and we didn't really talk. We didn't really talk about it, but, but he tries to recruit Bond to his cause in like the 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 sequence by the pool when he's uh, when he's interrogating him. So it it really, Ginny, you're right. It really is like a second backstab from someone mm -hmm. that he thought that he was he had a connection with. Um, and then M dies in Bond's arms. Bond goes home. We find out Money Penny is Money Penny. And Mallory is now M. And literally, one of the last lines of the movie are, "Are you ready for your next mission?" Oh, I'm ready. Done. Bond will be back. With pleasure. With pleasure. Yes. That's With it. With pleasure. Yeah. So, uh, any thoughts about the end of the movie, or anything that we missed that is that's in your notes that you want to kind of get to? I have a question. You guys will probably know. My my husband, Tom, said that the groundskeeper, Kincaid, was supposed to be played by Sean Connery because that's it's Scot Scotland. I, I did he, hear a rumor he, about that. If he had gotten or if he had like been willing to do it. And then yeah. it would have been a little bit more like a uh, full circle. 
Yes, I did. I did hear that that was something they were they were looking for. I don't know uh, the the veracity of the truth of that rumor, but yeah. What do you think? Would that be cool? I think it would have been cool. That. I agree. I, I think it would have been that. That would have been really cool, actually. Welcome to Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Scotland. I was ready before you were born, you shut of a bitch. Yeah, I can totally just see that now, then. Wait, I have a... Oh I have God. a question. And he would have gotten with Judy Dunn. So yeah, I have a question. Well, M, take oh, your yeah. panties off. <laughs> I, I used to be James Bond. This, this, sorry, really, this really small detail, like, bugged me when I saw it. Like, there... And, and so I don't know if it's something that I missed. Uh, they like, oh, we have your just your dad's old hunting rifle. We couldn't get rid of it. And then there's a very purposeful shot of like the initials on it, and the initials are A B. Is that supposed to mean anything or be significant in any way, or they just wanted to establish what's that? The, what's the name this on is the his parents? personal rifle? They show Do his name. The, is they it show like, his name on, yeah. a, on a headstone. I, was say. I, I didn't Albert. take a note. Albert oh, Albert. 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 Like Albert. Yeah, they do say Albert. it eventually. They just show Bro it. I don't know how many scenes later. But. Like Albert Broccoli, right? Oh, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Like a throwback? Actually, I could see is that. that. Is that what it is? Well, I mean, his father's name is Albert Bond on the headstone, so I mean... I'm sure they like you said, Jamie, they could have been Albert and throwback. We know why, yeah, exactly. I, I can roll with that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think the word association scene, uh, yes. when he well, I thought was really cool. I, I really enjoyed that scene. Yes. Yeah. Where you know yeah. he's going ahead and you know, it's like, you know, uh, what the heck is it? Mm. Um weapon, you know, when I was in like death employment yeah. and stuff like that. I, I thought that M was bitch. really well. <laughs> Yeah, and, and she and she yeah, and the whole sky falls when he gets something and he's like, yeah. oh, we're done here. Yeah. He walks out knowing that M is on the other side of the glass and he's just like still yeah. fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah, like, like needled him with that one because yeah, yeah. like that was the yeah. I, I like just thought, that. I thought when he was doing all the testing and like crunches and pull-ups, I just got a flashback to the Simpsons episode with the X Files um, <laughs> and they're making oh, yes. him like run with the things stuff too. They're like, "What's this test for?" <laughs> oh, nothing. I just thought he could do this little jiggling. Yes, hypnotic. Larry Bond like just getting back in shape. I just wanted him to, you know, just get it. the spam on the back. <laughs> I guess the only thing I want to talk about uh, in my notes that I didn't is uh, I, I got to see two subway dream scenarios happen in this movie. The first is uh, Silva and Bond ride the middle of the escalator down, which I've always wanted to do. And then I saw someone actually on YouTube do it and they like, you'll fall and kill yourself. Right? Yes. But, but they do it and they're fine. And then when Bond has to get on the train, I've always wanted to do this where he just like runs, jumps on the train, knocks to the conductor, like let me in. Yeah. Oh two man. Subway dreams. It's, you know, it's, it's weird that there were two, uh, it like, two different Bond has to jump onto a train scenes in one movie. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it, it only happened twice, but it, it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> so here's the question. I think I know the answer, but is this mission a success? Is Skyfall a successful mission for the Daniel Craig James Bond? Absolutely. Jenny, I'm going to start with you. 
I think it needed more awards. I just double checked the cinematography Oscar because it was nominated. It lost to Life of Pi, and I was like, "That can't be right." I, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I just That's feel like you know, I didn't see Life of Pi. I saw the trailers, and it did look like exactly the kind of movie that would win Best Cinematography Oscars. But this one, this is this like, is art. This is art. It's, it's of any James Bond movie, this is the one that deserved it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It was like so pretty. Right. Yes, so, it's a success. Success, Ed. Success. Absolute success. I, I. It's in my top two Bond movies, like of all time. Wow. I mean, it's no. I, I told you, I'm Casino yeah, Royale and Skyfall are my top two, and and I mean, fell off of memory. Goldfinger is probably like three, um, but yeah, it's right there. And after rewatching them, you know, together. Uh, it's really more like one and one A, and Skyfall really pushes the limit. And I, I can see on a given day, I'm like, you know, some Skyfall's one, it's fine. And then <laughs> 20 minutes later, now nah, Casino Royale's it. it's it's fine. I know. I'll just I can flip back and forth. Yes. I really, really, really enjoy the shit out of this movie. Jason, unlike you, Ed has excellent taste, and so <laughs> he's uh, his I my point my view is his point exactly. It's like this in Casino Royale are so good. I will say I actually, because of the M story that happens as well with this one, for for me, Skyfall edges Casino Royale out by, by just a bit. Um, but when I rewatched Casino Royale, I was like, oh, this could be the best one, yeah. I can agree with you right, right now. I'm agreeing with you that Skyfall is, is probably one. And then, like I said, 20 minutes later, mm-hmm. by, the end of, by the time we sign off, it could be Casino Royale. Who the hell knows? Yeah. Jason, I really want to know what you think of this because you're the one who has only seen these movies once prior to this yep. rewatch. Because I felt like you were poo pooing on the Daniel Craig movies. I, in a way, I, in a way, I, I never really. I just they didn't hook me. I, I felt it, it, the bond with a backstory was weird at the time it came out. Now I'm appreciating it, and honestly, I, I agree with with you guys. I think this is one of the best. This is my top five for sure. I think uh, I don't know if it's I don't know which I like more could this or Casino Royale because they're both so good. It's it like like you said it's like it goes back and forth. But this is definitely top tier. Like this was just such a fun and interesting rewatch. And again, like it's it's not just like a James Bond movie. It's like it's a real movie. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And some of those James Bond movies are not real movies because Quantum of Solace is not a real movie. It's it's a fun James Bond movie. It's not a real movie. Movie. Mm. This is a is real though, movie. Is it fun? I enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, so no, I, I'm completely... This is, I think, a success all around. For sure. Um, Alright, and that brings us to the end. I want to thank uh, Ginny and Ed for being my constant companions uh, on this, this trek. I want to thank our... Uh, begrudgingly thank our guest. Uh, Will... Will Ernst Bravo <laughs> Blofeld. <laughs> I'm going to call you that from now on. Uh, if you enjoyed this show, please check out the other shows on the PCP network, which such as Granny's Peach Tea, which myself and Ed also appear on, talking about your weekly dose of comic book geeky goodness. Uh, if you like geeky goodness, please join Shooting the Sith, the PCP home for Star Wars. If you like everything between A and Z, then join the A to Z program with Eric. Uh, if you like Star Wars and the Yankees, join the Empire 161 show, also hosted by 
our good friend here, Ed. Uh, the Four Quarters Show, which is general sports. Uh, the Jader and Kyle Show, which goes in-depth movie reviews. Just Too Sweet, which gives you all your wrestling fix. Put It in the Books, which is our Mets show. Uh, the boss man does that show. And We Stomp You Out, which I believe is football. New York Giants, uh, yeah. It is New York Giants. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us. And we will uh, see you guys next week with Double O Deep Dive Mission Spectre. Uh, so now can I do it? Will, do you expect me to talk? Uh, Ed and Jeannie, I just want to say it was really great working with the two of you. It was wonderful. It was great working with you, Will. Yes, son of a bitch. <laughs>